0: hi and welcome to paul martin's catholic podcast i'm paul martin i used to be a presbyterian then pentecostal lay preacher after studying the bible and church history i converted to catholicism in december 2017. i'm talking today about the islamic view of the end times and first i'm going to look very briefly At the Bible's teaching about the end times, then the Islamic view, and to see whether they're similar or whether they're complete opposites from each other. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, It says that the Messiah who was going to come, and Muslims and Christians agree that that was Jesus, it says in the book of Isaiah, written about 750 years before the time of Jesus, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, he was born of a virgin and he was to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the Messiah who was foretold centuries before Muhammad, centuries before Jesus, was someone who was going to be God incarnate, God taking on human form. And Muslims might say, well, God can't do that. But God can. God can do that. God is able to do anything. And God took human form. In the book of Genesis, in chapter 18, verses 1 and 9, God appeared to Abraham, and we're told that he ate food. And in Genesis chapter 32, verses 23 to 32, it says that God took on human form and wrestled with Jacob. And I met a rabbi once who told me that God cannot take on human form. And I quoted Genesis chapter 32 to him. And he said, oh, that was just a dream that Jacob had. And I said to him, then why did he limp for the rest of his life? Because he limped as a result of that wrestling match. God can do what he wants, and God is the one who tells us his characteristics. And in the Bible, it tells us that God can take on human form. One of the prophecies Jesus had to fulfill was to ride on a donkey. And it says that Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 to 11. And it says that this was a prophecy foretold in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21, it says that Jesus was riding a white horse and he brings bloodshed and judgment upon the earth for the evil that they've done. Revelation chapter 13 talks about a beast that rose out of the sea and then another beast that would rise out of the earth and that's in Revelation chapter 13 and the beast rising out of the earth is mentioned in verses 11 to 18 and it's a an amalgam of different animals the second beast the beast that rises out of the earth we're told has two horns like a lamb and talks like a dragon the first beast that came out of the sea has ten horns and seven heads. It was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth, and the dragon gave it power and authority. And we're told that this beast would wage war against Christians and overcome them. And chapter 14 says that he would force the beast would force the inhabitants of the earth to wear a mark on their forehead or right hand, without which they could not buy or sell anything. And Revelation chapter 14 verses 9 to 11 says that all who take the mark of this beast will be cast into hell. Now the book of Revelation is a highly symbolic book. The beasts, as in Daniel, represent kingdoms, or nations, So it's not talking about a literal animal that's amalgamated from different species. But it symbolises the great persecution that different kingdoms will inflict upon Christians. And so now we're going to look at the Islamic view of the end times. And the main source is a book by Ibn Kathir who lived from 1300 to 1373 and his book is The Signs Before the Day of Judgment and Ibn Kafir was a Salafi Egyptian fanatic who summarised Islamic beliefs on the end times. So this is the Islamic chronology of the end times. They believe in an evil character called the Dajjal and the Dajjal is this one-eyed man who will claim to be God incarnate and he'll be supported by 70,000 Jews and he will ride a white donkey, he will raise the dead, heal the sick and he'll be a shadow or doppelganger of Jesus and he will come when people are abandoning Islam in large numbers and turning to Christianity. So the Dajjal in Islam has the characteristics of the Messiah or Jesus in Christianity. Then Muslims claim that Isa or the Islamic Jesus will return to earth via Damascus and kill the Dajjal. And they say he'll break the cross and kill the swine, which what that means is break the cross is he will destroy Christianity, kill the swine, meaning he will impose Sharia law where no one's allowed to eat pork and abolish the jizya. The jizya is a humiliating tax that non-Muslims have to pay Muslims. It's extortion money. Not to kill them or enslave them. And by abolishing the Jizya tax, that means people no longer have the option of paying the Jizya tax. They have to convert to Islam or die. So the Islamic Jesus is going to come and slaughter the Christians and impose Sharia law. He will be like Al Qaeda, ISIS, Hamas, these islamic fanatics and they claim he will slaughter the jews and that while they're killing the jews even when jews hide behind trees we're told that the trees will call out oh muslim there is a jew hiding here come and kill him and then they claim that after this gog and magog these evil turkic people that's what the islamic theology calls Gog and Magog will ravage the Islamic world and Isa and the Mahdi the Mahdi is this Islamic imam who will rise up to save the Muslims will wage war against Gog and Magog and God will wipe them out with a pestilence but Islam will be obliterated in the fighting and after the Muslims have been wiped out a beast, an Islamic beast, will rise up to save Islam and to turn the people of the world back to Islam. And this is what the Muslims call Dabat al-Ad, or the beast of the earth. The Quran in chapter 27, verse 82 says, And when the word is fulfilled against them, we shall produce from the earth a beast to face them he will speak to them, for that mankind did not believe with assurance of our signs. And this beast will rebuke people for not observing Islam and worshipping the God of Islam. And this beast is an amalgamation of different animals. He has horns like an antelope, a bull's head, elephant's ears, and an ostrich's neck. And we're told that this beast in Islamic theology, this beast that to them is the good guy, will put a mark on everyone's forehead that will either say believer or non-believer, depending on what they are. And then after that, there'll be a trumpet blast. The dead will be raised in Yemen, And they'll be gathered for judgment. And the non-Muslims will be cast into the lake of fire, into hell, to be judged. And the Muslims will go into paradise, where there are 72 virgins and endless sex. And they'll be able to watch the people in hell and laugh at them. And the people thrown into hell will be given fresh skin. And once it's burned off, they'll be given new skin to be Endlessly tortured. A Pew poll research in 2012 found that 50% of Muslims expect this Mahdi to return in their lifetime. And what they believe, Muslims believe, will bring about this apocalypse is Muslims not practicing Sharia law. People decorating and creating impressive mosques just to show off people having a love of music, and decadence and materialism. And this is what drives Islamic theology and their views of the world, and that there'll be these apocalyptic bloodshed where the Muslims will kill other people and be killed by them. So it's a very bleak us-versus-them mentality. We see that the Bible teaches the complete opposite of Islam. And that leaves us to ask the questions whether you're Christian or Muslim or anything else, who should you believe? The Bible or the Quran and Hadith? Well, the Quran very clearly says that Muhammad was God's prophet. But that's circular reasoning. Here's why I'm not a Muslim. They'll say, well, why should I believe in Muhammad? And they'll say, well, because the Quran says that Muhammad is God's prophet. To which I say, okay, but why should I believe the Quran then? To which they say, well, because Muhammad said it was God's word. In other words, it's circular reasoning. Whereas throughout the Bible we have prophecies given in Zechariah centuries before the time of Christ and then we have Christ coming and fulfilling them. We have prophecies given in Isaiah and then Christ comes and fulfills them. And at this point Muslims will say, yes, but Muhammad very clearly said that he was God's prophet. To which I say, well, yes, he did, but... So did Jim Jones, and he led that suicide cult. So did David Koresh of the Branch Davidians, the man who had a shootout with the FBI in about 1993, and they firebombed his cult compound. You see, anyone, myself included, can just say, I'm God's prophet, and if you don't listen to me, you'll burn in hell for eternity. Anyone. And everyone can say that. But it doesn't make it true. And then another objection is Muslims will say, yes, but the Quran came after the Bible, therefore it supersedes it. Well, that doesn't even make sense logically. The Quran came after the Bible. So what? It contradicts the Bible. Therefore, we don't follow it. In any case, the Sikh religion came after Islam. Why doesn't that supersede Islam? Baha'ism came after Islam. Why doesn't that supersede Islam? Mormonism came after Islam. There are so many different religions that have come after Islam. By that logic, you'd have to stop following Islam and start following them. It doesn't follow. It doesn't make sense. But the choice, my friends, is yours. With the Bible, we have the original writings of the prophets of God. And in the Catholic Church, we have the pillar and foundation of truth, as 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 says. And we as Christians look forward to the resurrection, where we will be judged by God. And the book of Revelation tells us that the false prophet and the beast and all those who follow after him will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. And we follow the true and original faith, not some religion that was invented 600 years after the time of Jesus. Muhammad invented a religion. He lived far away from Jesus in Arabia, and he lived six centuries after the time of Christ. He didn't know any of the apostles, he did not know Jesus personally. Instead, he got this bizarre revelation in which he was tortured by this spirit pretending to be the angel Gibriel or Gabriel. It was not the angel Gabriel my friends, and he invented a false religion. So to my Muslim brothers and sisters, I say, if you follow after a false prophet, you will be judged by God. And therefore, I would ask you to prayerfully consider the claims of Jesus Christ, who was God incarnate, not someone who denied it. The Gospels of Jesus are four independent stories that record the things Jesus said and did. And they are the fulfilment of the Old Testament prophets who lived centuries before Jesus. And I'm going to follow what the 40 authors of the Bible and the Catholic Church teachers, rather than one self-appointed prophet who lived six centuries after the fact, and completely contradicted everything they taught. God bless you and thank you for listening.